Thanks for checking out the New Life Speakers podcast. All of our speakers are recorded live at our AA meeting held on Friday nights at 8 p.m. at the Atonement Church in Wyomissing, Pennsylvania. More information about recovery and our upcoming events can be found on our website, newlifespeakers.org. If you don't want to miss our newest upcoming speakers, don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. This podcast is self-supporting, so if you enjoy this podcast, please put a dollar or two into our virtual basket. You can find a link for this in the description. And if you know someone in need, please share this with them. Thank you. Hello, everyone. My name's Bert. I'm a grateful recovering alcoholic. Hey, Bert. Christ, I must be the oldest person in the room. Um, I haven't spoken quite some time, but uh, I'm grateful to, uh, to be here. My sobriety date um, is July 21st of 2018. Um, I'll tell you a little bit uh, what it was like, what happened, and uh, what it's like now, I guess, you know. Um, in a nutshell, how long I got? 15 minutes. Um, I was born here and at a very early age I was my mother was from England I went was raised in England and um, come back here in, in the late 60s and uh, moved to good old Phoenixville um, <clears throat> and then you know and then I was back and forth and uh, my parents I could say they were alcoholics because uh, they drank like I did, you know. They're functional alcoholics, we like to call them, and so uh, I later find out that we refer to as, you know, just drunks with a job. But um, there was always beer in the house, you know, and um, and there was never any physical abuse. There was no, you know, there was, my parents, they would argue, you know, about stupid shit, you know, and just, and 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 I remember way back, you know, being, you know, like when I had friends from school, you know, uh, I'd hang out with them and 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 when they're like, say their one's mother would be like, come on, I'll take you home. And I'd have her drop me off three houses down the street because I didn't want them to see where I lived. I was afraid what would go on if, you know, if I brought friends over, you know. And, um, and it always seemed like, I felt like I was less than than everybody else because everybody always had the swimming pools and this and that, you know. And, um, you know, uh, but, you know, we, we never wanted for anything, you know. And, um, and uh, you know, growing up, you know, uh, you know, I always swore, like, you know, like when the arguments would start at the picnics and all such, you know, it was like, I sensed even then it had something to do with the drinking, you know, and uh, I can remember a lot of incidents where, where you know, uh, like for instance, my cousin, he, they, it was Christmas Eve and he's like, I'm going out on a beer run. It was snowing and they're telling him no, no, and they're trying to take the keys and he gets the keys. He leaves and smashes his Mustang up and, you know, and, and all the shit that went down. And I was just like, you know, Growing up in the 60s, you know, I had an older brother, um, and he was more or less a hippie, you know, and uh, he ended up, uh, you know, uh, he went to Woodstock and all this and that, 
and and that was like cool, you know. And um, I was just like, uh, you know, I'll, I'll just go to, I'll do this, you know, and and keep it at that, you know. And because uh, I never seen any hippies drunk, you know. But um, so that was my first thing, and I'll say in passing, you know, I, I start, I did LSD when I was like ten years old, and um, it was. Only because somebody stuck at me drink when I, when uh, some older kid, you know, and and it, and it was like nothing. Like I didn't even know what it was, and I just remember laughing a lot. And but I I found out what it was when I got older. But uh, my first drink, I was thirteen, um, and yeah, I got drunk. I woke up. I was sick as a dog, and I remember sleeping in a tent and coming home out of the tent. And my father saying, no, you, you know, where were you? What were you doing? And, and I was like trying to hide it from him. He's like, here, and he cracks a beer and sat it in front of me. And, and I just like, no way. And next thing you know, I'm drinking a beer that day and I felt immaculate, you know? And I chased that high for, you know, right up until the end. And, um, you know, I, as I got older, you know, I was, um, I, I could never hold a job, you know, I had more jobs than people in this room, you know, and, and I'd always get in the door and somehow like stop showing up or, you know, and um, at the time, all my problems were because of, of my drinking. And, uh, and I, I'll say, you know, I, I've been in 13 car accidents um, and, and only twice I was driving. So it kind of goes to show what kind of people I hung out with. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I got to the point when I was 26 years old, um, I ended up in a blackout and I ended up uh, out in the middle of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, and a friend of mine lived there. And I got introduced to AA as a, as, the easier, softer way um, than going to rehab. And I wasn't going to go to rehab because I thought they were going to brainwash me. And, um, you know, and I also knew people that went to rehab and, and they, they drank as soon as they got out the door. And, and, uh, and my job at the time, I was a welder on the pipeline. Uh, they said, look, if you go to this rehab, you know, you'll have your job when you get out. So I went and I did a little walk around this place with the guy that was running it. And I was fully sincere about going. I don't know at the time if it was just to keep my job or, or, or I really wanted to stop doing what I was doing. But I was like up for it. And, and right when I was leaving there, I said, I'm gonna go home and tell my girlfriend what I'm doing. And, and he's like, you don't have to leave. He's here, we give you food, we feed you, we, got, we give you cigarettes, you know. Uh, everything you need and I'm like I just got to tell her and he had this look on his face like you ain't coming back so I went home and told her and she says why don't you try AA and I didn't know what it was so and her parents were physicians and uh, and she wasn't an alcoholic she liked to have a couple of beers and you know so I thought well what's that you know triple A you know is a roadside assistance I didn't know what it was so like, I got this number out of a phone book 
and I went to my first meet, and, and um, I remember sitting, walking up, getting out of my truck, and I'm walking up, and everybody was happy as shit, you know, and they're all laughing, and they were all old heads there, you know, old people. And, you know, and I'm like, there was, you know, out there is a lot of full-blooded Cherokee Indians, you know, and there was this girl there, right? Um, and it was a day like today, man. She had this sundress on and Pocahontas, man, she was gorgeous. And she was saying, I got nine months today. And I was like, what, nine months? It was like nine years. And, um, and I'm like, wow, that's amazing. You know, and I, I was like, just sitting there listening and they're, and they're passing a basket around and I'm in a church basement and, um, and they're talking about God, and I'm like, this is some kind of cult, you know. But I'm thinking, I just got to do this, you know, and maybe I'll get my job back if I tell the owner that I'm, what I'm doing, you know. But anyway, and when I was leaving that meeting that night, this girl's like, we're talking, and she's like, hey, can you give me a lift home? And I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and so we're, I'm taking her to where she was supposed to be going, and... She goes, hey, let's stop in this place here at 21st Street Station. I'm like, for what? She goes, oh, we're just going in and have a soda. You know, and, and it was a bar room that I used to drink in. And I'm like, basically, uh, nah, get out. And, uh, and then I thought, you know what? These people are a bunch of liars. <laughs> they're all fucking drinking and saying they're not, you know. <laughs> <clears throat> but I just kept going. I went for like six months, once a week. You know, I didn't do 1990 and I didn't get a sponsor. I didn't do any of that. I just went, you know. And, you know, and I guess that planted the seed. But uh, real quick, I, is what happened, you know, after about six months, my girlfriend, she says, you know, you've really been good, you know. How about this, like, this Friday, we're going to get a case of beer, and you know we're going to invite Mikey and his brother and this other these other people over, and we're just going to have a little get together. You know we'll get the music going, and and I'm like, look, you you don't understand. I can't take the first drink. You know, and I was trying to explain that the theory of you know, or the reality of like if I take the first drink, I'm getting drunk. It's not the fifth or the eighth one, you know. And she didn't want to hear it. And that was like a Monday. And by Wednesday, she kept harping on it, like, you know, what do you think? And I thought, all right. I said, yeah, okay, we're going to do this. And it was one of these where, like, I'll show you. So I went out and bought a half gallon of Amsterdam gin, and I had it hit on the sink. And I'll never forget it, um, because she gave me my first beer in six months. And when she turned her head, it was gone, and I was shaking. And... You know, I waited like 10 minutes, and she's like, you ready for another one? I remember just saying, no, I'm okay. I still got a half of one here. And after about the fourth one she gave me, I was up getting me own, uh, and I'm grabbing this gin from under the sink. And, and when I came to the next day on the floor, my Howard Davidson was in the living room. I had a canine shepherd. It took off. The front storm door was destroyed. It was off the hinges. And she had this look on her face like, what the fuck happened to you? And I said, well, I told you I can't take the first drink. 
And I'll, by the way, I'll be right back. I'll, get, I'll go get a newspaper. I didn't come back for four days. You know, I got my first DUI shortly thereafter. I was facing a year suspended sentence. And I just, after about six months of the fear kicking in, me going to jail for a year, I just left. And I came back here. Um, I'm all over the place. Uh, bottom line was um, seven years later, I basically was homeless, you know, helpless, just couch surfing. And, and I ended up in a tent in French Creek State Park in the middle of winter, the whole summer, or the whole winter of, uh, of 1990. And my brother says to me, um, yeah, why don't you come down and live with me in King of Prussia? and get on your feet, get out of this tent, we'll get to work, get you working, you know, and I said, but Glenn, I still drink, and he had like three years sobriety. He's like, I don't care, just pour, pour your beer in a cup so I don't have to look at the bottle or the can or whatever. And that lasted about two weeks. And uh, I did get a job, and I lost it just as quick as I got it, you know, and it wasn't showing up. And, um, he said, do you think you can, uh, stay sober all day today and and go to a meeting with me tonight and i was like uh yeah because i thought he was going to throw me out if i did you know and uh i remember going to this meeting in norristown a fifth chapter and i was shaking like hell and um and it was weird because this guy was saying i remember distinctly he's saying it was christmas eve he threw the christmas tree out the window the turkey Turkey went out the front door and all this. And he says, and I don't live like that anymore. I was like, what? I said, this guy's crazier than me, you know. And, um, you know, so I started going to meetings, you know, on a daily basis and trying to get plugged in. And at first it was like, this blows, you know. So it came out of. How did I get so down on my fucking knees, you know, to, to come to this, you know? You know, but then I just happened to notice, you know, my lifestyle getting better. I was making it to work on time. You know, um, I was told do a 90 and 90. I did a 90 and 90. Um, I was meeting people and I was going to a different meeting every night, you know, and um, meeting people all over the place. You know, and um, got plugged in at Phoenixville Clubhouse. You know, all the meetings in Norristown um, surrounding. And, you know, and it got to a point where now I'm driving again and I could pick and choose where I want to go. And, and, you know, next thing I know, I meet this gorgeous redhead. And next thing I know, I'm married. You know, um, so, you know, uh, Bottom line was, you know, I got a sponsor, but I, I just didn't use them. You know, like I got a sponsor just to say I had one. And we go fishing and we do shit like that, go to drags and, and uh, just, we did guy stuff, but we never really got into the book. You know, his, you know, back then the old heads would say, meaning makers make it, you know. And I, and I was like, well, that's good enough for me. I don't have to do any of this stuff, you know. You know, I was picking and choosing. I, I got the first step, the ninth step, the twelfth step, and the occasional thirteenth. Yeah, <laughs> and and that's how I did it. You know, um, 
and and the whole time like is what happened um as i just put the drink down and and initially in the beginning i tried the marijuana maintenance um you know i was just i had to keep changing my sobriety date but um you know i managed to put 19 years together and um I happened to be working. I, I got this job beyond my wildest dreams. It set me all over the world. And uh, I happened to be in Scotland. And uh, I was over there. For, I volunteered to go for a couple months. And I ended up staying a year. And I come home and my wife moved. She's having an affair. She's moving out. And now I got this big freaking house and, and, and to myself. And, you know, I wasn't making meetings. That was the bottom line. And you know, and I was worrying myself sick about how am I, what am I going to do? And my, you know, long story was I, I had, I took a drink. And once I did that, I could not stop. And I didn't give a shit about anything, but where's my next drink coming from? So, you know, I drank for three years and um, every day and all day, I found another woman to hang out with and she drank like me and she had this big seven bedroom house with three hot tubs and all this shit and and in the summer of 2014 um on a day like this i couldn't get out of bed except at piss her her son was bringing me food up from down the kitchen i couldn't even walk down the steps and you know and every waking moment you know i i just wanted to go back into oblivion. The only time I was at ease is when I was conked out. And every time I come to, I was like, fuck. I just, just hated the way I was. And, 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 you know, I didn't necessarily intentionally want to die, but I sure as shit wasn't liking the way I was living. And I just remember, um, you know, uh, and she was functional. She she had a, her own business, and she come home one day with a half gallon of something, and I just remember her leaving the room, and I just grabbed it. And I was a beer drinker. I try, every time I drank liquor, I, I see I tried to control it. If I don't drink this, I'll be okay. And I looked at it. And I remember just hitting it and waking up in a detox down in Chester, and not knowing where the hell I was at. And I was in a room and there was no windows, it was dark. And there was three other beds and nobody was in the room. And I'm like, where the f And this guy walks in and, and I was like, who are you? And he says, oh, I'm Bob. And he told me where I was at. And then he left the room and I got on my knees and I just said, God, please help me. I need help, I need your help. And I stayed there for 29 days. And then when I got out, then it really got shitty. Because <laughs> now I got all this, I don't have anything. I gave everything away. My cars, my, my bikes, 17 guitars on the wall, they're gone. You know, um, it, and the girl that I was with, she's running around with somebody else. The girl I thought I was in love with. You take the alcohol out of the equation, there was nothing there. You know, so I got out on a Sunday and I went to a meeting in Town Cherry Street, which I used to go to before I relapsed. And I got a sponsor and uh, he had taken me through the 12 steps. And um, 
you know, uh, it was for me today, Drake and his life or death. Um, and that was in um, July of 2014. I had my last drink. But a couple, four years ago, coming up on four years ago, well, I got real sick in 2017 and they had half my colon taken out and uh, I went into sepsis and pretty much died on the operating table. And they, I was in the hospital for three months when I got out, I was on all kind of medication. Medication you shouldn't be driving on. And um, I got pulled over and I got charged with a, a DUI, you know. But when I relapsed in, in 2011, after 19 years, I got two of them back to back. So this is number three. Now I'm facing a year in jail and all this and that. And they said, if you don't move to Berks County, you're going to jail for a year. And uh, we drug, they drug this stuff out. But I just had to surrender, you know, um, and just, you know, listen to my sponsor and uh, accept what, how my life is. And I'll tell you what, I, took, I looked at two places in Reading, and I said, if it came to this, I might as well go to jail for a year. It was bad. <laughs> and the third place I looked at that day is over where I live now in Center Park, Center Historical Park, you know, and it's this freaking mansion, you know, Victorian mansion. And um, I'm looking at this place, and I'm like, wow, look at this. And uh, I walked in there and I said, this is it, you know, this is amazing. And then I had to go, and I got the place, and then I had to go through treatment court, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, okay, so you're set, I get set in six days in jail, a year of house arrest. And I come out, of, I go into jail, and six days later, I'll get out, and the guy that was picking me up, one of my best mates, has his freaking bra cup on his face. And I'm like, what the, f what is this? He goes, dude, you gotta wear a mask. I'm like, why? Oh. COVID, you know. And everybody's on lockdown. And, um, and I'm like, well, I'm on house arrest, you know? So the whole world was on house arrest. So I'm doing Zoom meetings, you know, uh, I'm doing counseling, I had to do IOP, I had to do all this stuff. And you know what, I had to try and figure out how am I gonna benefit from this? Because they are trying to help me. And that was ha with having had worked the 12 steps. You know, to thine own self be true, you know, the coin says. And little did I know, you know, I went to a, to a counselor for the first time in my life. And she, you know, she was in the program. And um, she helped me out tremendously. Like I really like got things, I have PTSD because I was a volunteer firefighter and she helped me with that. She helped me with a lot of things as well as, you know, drinking and, and drugging and all that stuff. And, um, and I benefited and I finally got through the treatment court, you know, never, you know, pissing in a cup three times a week and you know, I got five years probation, and like I got like two years of that left, and I haven't had a piss test since I can tell you. Uh, um, I'm on good standards with, with, you know, with the court system. I got the thing in my truck, the breathalyzer, which is a total pain in the dick. 
it's 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 asking for you know it's checking for alcohol, and I didn't even get charged. You know, I don't want to get into all that, but I had to surrender and say, okay, I got to do this. So I do it, you know, and that's going to be wrapped up soon. And uh, but bottom line is, I had to get plugged in to this area, you know, and and start making meetings. You know, my first meeting was on Walnut Street Recovery down there in, in downtown Reading. And, uh, and I thought Cherry Street Pottstown was rough, you know. And um, I still go there to this day, you know. When I have a day off, you know, I go there. Um, you know, I retired, you know, from Shell Oil. And uh, now I'm, uh, I'm working part-time at Lowe's. I, I get done at noon, and I'm like, the rest of the day's mine, you know. And... Um, I, I, I'm a meeting maker, you know what I mean? I got sponsees, you know, I take, I take other guys through the steps. And that's what keeps me sober, you know? And um, I've been branching, I've been going up to Kutztown to meetings, I go all over the place, you know? And, and it's always amazing, I'll run into somebody from way back, such as the other night I ran into somebody I haven't seen in 29 years. and. Um, it, you know, this program is a gift, you know. Um, I know for me, I had to fully surrender because when I take that first drink, I got impaired. And um, I get, I, I, I'm, I turned totally delusional. The obsession's there and, and then the cravings kick in. And once that happens, man, I'm done, you know. And I, I, I like to say I don't think I have another run in me, but knowing my luck, I probably survived for a little bit, and I don't ever want to go back to where I was. Um, I never had it so good, you know. I, I'm single today. I come home, I got a cat. <laughs> I found a kitten on the roof way back in lockdown that, it, that the mother abandoned, and she was only maybe a couple days old. And it was, it was like the black sheep of the, of the litter. It was gray and white, you know, and the, all the rest were black and white. And my neighbor, she says, why don't you keep her, bird? I'm like, why not, you know? She's a pain in the ass, but you know what? Um, I, I, even something as simple as having a cat and being capable of taking care of something else or somebody else. And I have a lot of people in my life today you know, who care about me and love me, you know, and love me when I couldn't love myself. You know, um, I can't say enough about this program. It, it gave me a life and saved my life, you know. Um, and, and I'm grateful to be here tonight. I, I don't know, man. I, I could write a book of some of the shit that I've done and seen in sobriety, you know, that, that uh, were beyond my wildest dreams, you know what I mean? And, uh, and, it, and the thing is, um, every day I wake up, you know, I look forward to what is this day gonna bring? Whereas it used to be some, it used to be like I was sentenced to another shitty day, you know, and it's not like that today. I get on my knees and, um, I, I say the third step prayer, and that starts my day off. And then I read some literature, and, and then I have a pretty damn good day, and I try to treat people like I want to be treated. 
and that was never uh, in my comprehension, you know, until I started uh, really praying and um, getting close to a higher power, you know, and um, that's all I have to say. And uh, thanks for having me in here, Callie. Thanks for checking out this episode of the New Life Speakers Podcast. Please remember that our group is self-supporting through its seven tradition. Donations can be made by clicking the link on our website, newlifespeakers.org. Tune in next week for a new speaker, and thanks for listening.